Yo, 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 what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Max and Juancast live show with my co-host, as always. What's up, everybody? Happy to be here. Let's go. I'm excited. We got a special guest. Well, before we get into it, you know, we can't start the show without the intro, bro. Let's get it. All right, so look, Max already gave up the the little clue right there with our special guest. So are we playing a game? <laughs> <laughs> but look, do you know who the guest is? Yes, I know who the guest is. <laughs> no, I set it up. Just <laughs> yeah. get the guest in here. Stop all this playing. All right, everybody, welcome to the show, man. Peyton Key, yo, 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 what's going what's on? Up? I heard he goes what's by Peyton Yabe. Peyton Yabe, what he goes by on his. <laughs> What's going Ooh, on, bro? Leo. Oh, my goodness. We're going to get into a lot of stuff today. We're going to be going NBA playoffs, Julio Jones to the Titans, um, some MLB talk. That's why we got our boy Peyton right here. He's a little MLB fanatic. I mean, and the Titans hat might be a clue. <laughs> and plus, he's a <laughs> Titans fan. So to start off, Peyton, how you doing today, bro? I'm doing good, man. It's, it's getting hot down here in Texas, but thankfully we're done with our, our two weeks straight of rain. Didn't build an arc, so I'm glad it's done now. <laughs> Is it that bad out there? Peyton Almighty uh, over here. <laughs> we had about 10 inches of rain over the last two weeks, and I'm sick of it. California's been in a drought for 25 years, so I haven't seen that much rain. <laughs> it's nice and sunny over here, bro. But... As always, we're gonna be starting off with some NBA talk, bro. Have you have you been enjoying the playoffs so far, Peyton? I have. They, they've been a great playoffs. It's from upsets to just, I mean, well, besides the injuries, I guess you could say I'm enjoying it. But other than that, yeah, it's, it's been pretty good. Yeah, and a series that we thought was gonna be good, but not. I think everyone so everyone thought it was gonna be good. Yeah, we're gonna be talking about Nets and Bucks and Max Blake Griffin. Is he conned. He what's what's a good word for what he did to Detroit? Like just lied, <laughs> pretended he was washed. Actor. He's a good actor. Is that a good way to? Yeah. Somebody throw me a better word. Like he didn't sell for Detroit, but like no, please, please, So look, the Nets are up two zero. Um, no Harden. Harden, as we know, got hurt in the first quarter, literally like the first 12 seconds of the first quarter. Um, of game one. That's yeah, a- of, of game one, and they're still up 2-0. Uh, Max, what's your thoughts so far? Um, like, it's a joke. You can't get blown out in game two by like 30 points without Harden. Like, they're down 33% of the, like their core team, basically. Like, I always consider it Kyrie's 33, Kevin Durant's 33. Harden's 33, and you lost to a team that's down one of its best players. It's just about the way they lost, too. Like, Chris Middleton's been horrendous. Panic meter is high for the Bucks. That's all I'm going to say right now. Like, I know we're going to get into what we think, but if I'm a Bucks fan, I, I don't know any that exist, but 
I'm scared, man. Like <laughs> shit's happening. Like, how do you get blown out in game two? Somebody, somebody talk, please. What about you, Payne? What do you think, man? So I don't, I don't think the panic meter is too high just yet, just for the simple fact that the old regression to the mean is going to come back with the Bucks three point shooting here in the next game. I'm putting the call in right now. But as far as them getting just absolutely trashed without Harden, yeah, it's it's not a good look for them because they're supposed to be the better defensive team and uh just seems like a cakewalk for Brooklyn right now. Yeah, to me, to me, it's the the difference between them is is the stars. Like, okay, even though Giannis put up 30 plus points in, in game one, I think we're talking about it on our Sunday podcast how he left a lot more meat on the bone. And game two was even worse. Like he did not play good at all. He didn't even put up good numbers. It, they were down by, what, 49 at one point. It Are was you bad. serious? It was 49? Yeah. Yes. It was almost I don't, 50, yeah. Oh, my bad. God. It was almost 50 at one point. And look, Chris <laughs> Middleton, Drew Holiday, I said last podcast, they had to come out and play a lot better. That did not happen. Chris Middleton is having a rough series so far. So is Drew Holiday. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant going off. And the worst thing about it, like, yeah, they're scoring points, guys, but it's really the others. Like, Joe Harris, uh, Blake Griffin. You, you can't give up 16 a game to uh, Joe Harris and let Mike uh, Mike James have a good game. Like, he's outplayed Middleton to this point, which is a joke. And just to touch on what Peyton said about the three-point shooting, Milwaukee shooting 24% from three. I agree with Peyton that's going to go up, but you can't let Brooklyn shoot 44% from three. Like, I understand, like, Durant's averaging 56%, 50%, and 90% from the line. That's ridiculous. Yeah. They have to find some way to slow down Durant or make it. I don't even. Does it look to you guys that, like, Durant's working hard for his points? No. <laughs> kind of um, a little bit with Drew Holiday. I'm I'm with, I'm with one on this one. It, it seems real easy, especially when P.J. Tucker's on him. It's just like he's. It's like KD's back in Rucker Park playing against these guys that don't belong on the same court with him is what it looks like to me. Even when he it's put bad. Giannis on him, bro. Oh, he crossed like up Giannis. Crossed. That's just if, – if the Nets win this series, that's going to be like the lasting image is Giannis getting crossed by KD. So I want to bring up this, guys. We'll start off with Peyton. What's the panic meter on a scale of 1 to 10 for the Bucks? Mm, I'll put it at a – out of five, just mild right now. I think I that's know. on the low end. Just the only I, I agree if they're down two zero and it's been close, Peyton. I'm with you, but just the fact they got spanked, uh, that's why I'm at like an eight. And see, I was, I was kind of turning that way, but then I went back and saw the shooting numbers again, and like Brooklyn is a great shooting team. They're going to shoot close to forty percent from three, but what they're doing right now is unsustainable. And I kind of look at it, look at it similarly to the Mavericks series versus the Clippers. Clippers lost the first two games. Everyone's, oh, my God, you know, Mavs are going to sweep them. Yeah, they got two back in Dallas, but the shooting will even itself out over time, and the talented team will win out usually. So that's why I'm not panicking too much. But, yeah, especially without Harden being in there and Brooklyn just walking them up and down the floor has been has been pretty bad. But I'm not going to panic too much just yet. I think, I think they'll come back because Milwaukee is a great home team also. Well, yeah, that's the thing about all these NBA teams, especially the good ones, is the three-point shot. And everyone knows you live by the three, die by the three. And so far, they've been dying by the three. But the, the thing that alarms me the most is the defense. Like you said, like they're not playing that Milwaukee Bucks type of defense. Like People are just getting cooked out there. 
And you would think that Harden getting hurt that frees up Giannis, like one of the one of one of the three defenders that they have, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis. Like you would think those three guys are guarding the big three. Once Harden got hurt, that frees up one of them, and that lets Giannis be the roamer, as as we know that he's really good at doing. And in game two, it just did not happen. Like <laughs> they were still getting trashed. I like what Peyton said though about the fact the Clippers were up 2 0. We all wrote off the Clippers and everyone's saying the series is over and they came back to win it. And what, two years ago? Remember they were playing Toronto and they were up 2 0 on Toronto and then they lost four straight. So, I mean, it's not a death sentence, but I feel like this is a must. I mean, it's a must win game. Game three, is it not? Yeah, most definitely. That's to both of you. Oh, yeah. I, I think. I mean, I think it's a must-win because if you go down 3-0, obviously it's extremely tough to come back, especially against a team that's as talented as the Nets are. And the way they can shoot it, all it takes is one good performance from Bruce Brown or like another Blake Griffin performance or Joe Harris to make five or six, and there goes your season. But I wouldn't wouldn't panic too much. I think if the Bucs keep playing their game, I mean, I like their chances. Like in this next game uh, tomorrow night, they're already favored by three and a half. So, I mean, I don't like to – that's not the end all be all, but that's that's a good sign. People aren't panicking too much yet. At least the betters aren't. I think the Lakers were favored in game six against Phoenix, just for reference. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> not that Don't this want to is a myself on the bat, but uh Phoenix was good to me that series. <laughs> I have one more question for both of you. What adjustments need to be made or just like Peyton said, play their game? Or is there something you you would tweak, Peyton, about the rotation, whether that's Brooke Lopez not playing as much? I don't understand personally how Brooke Lopez is getting guarded by Kevin Durant. He's only averaging 14 points a game. I don't know why they don't attack that more. Um, I'm with you 100% there. I think as far as rotations go, DiVincenzo being hurt for the rest of the season really killed him. Like That that screwed them up big time because he's that versatile defender and he can shoot it and he can play make when they need him to, but I don't. I don't like seeing PJ Tucker in the lineup, man. I just. Really? I really don't. I don't know how y'all feel about it, like the playoff experience and all that. And yeah, he can. He can hit those corner threes, and he's a pretty good defender. But I'm sick of seeing him stand I, at the mid range and watching KD shoot 15 foot jumpers I don't over like and over on, his head. I don't like him on KD. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But I yeah. think he has a place out there, especially. I think one adjustment that could be made is Brooke Lopez needs to start coming off the bench. Bring in another shooter, maybe play Connaughton and play Giannis at the five. Who gonna guard him? Like I know Blake Griffin can stop him a little bit, but I just like I don't like the way they're using Giannis where they let him catch the ball at the free throw line ISO. It's like, why don't you just have him set a pick? Why can't he be like the best loft rat in the NBA? Why can't you just get him going downhill and like get assisted on? His offensive game, we all know, is limited. It's like they anytime he takes that. a jump shot, it's a win. Mm-hmm. It's a freaking win. So he needs to be used more of like in a different role, maybe like a short roller, because he has some passing chops, you know? They need to do they need to tweak what they're doing. We'll see what happens, bro. I can't wait until game three. Any more thoughts on this uh, on this game, guys? I just, None for me, no. I just like like I said, just the simple I think the Bucks keep playing their game. Maybe a few tweaks here and there, and Brooklyn shooting numbers will come back down. It, it'll happen. Exactly. All right. I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone in the stream, bro. Welcome. Welcome. Warzone Sports Network. What is up, my guys? Oh, my goodness. I think they were a little late on that one. PJ Tucker is like a poor man's Draymond Green (laughs) (laughs) that cannot facilitate low key. (laughs) What up, Jonathan Watson? 
Welcome to the stream, bro. Make sure to subscribe, guys, if you guys haven't already. But let's go ahead and move on. Let's go to the Philadelphia 76ers versus the Atlanta Hawks. And B bounced back, bro, with the 76ers. Got the dub, tied up the series 1-1. What's your thoughts, Peyton? I am extremely surprised from game one how much he played right off the bat. That with the uh, the meniscus, right? Wasn't it his, his meniscus? Yeah, yeah. Which they said, I don't think he could injure it any farther than it already is, but it, they get recovery times six weeks. So I, I don't know. I'm just never a fan of playing guys when they're injured, but he, he looked okay out there. So. He looked great, bro, yeah. to be honest. He's, he, the only thing I think with him is he's a little bit more hesitant now. I've seen him take a lot more uh, one-legged fadeaway jumpers from 15 feet than where he would go to the line, pump fake, and get two free throws. But he's he's still balling out. That's a that's going to be a good series, I think. Yeah, I love the urgency from Embiid so far, man. Like I think he understands the the importance of him being out there because if he's not playing. It's the difference between them losing the series and winning it. For sure. That that's how much of a difference maker he is. Like they're not going to win this series if he's hurt, and that's mm -hmm. just facts. What um, what do you think, Max? I thought in game one, even though he had really good numbers, I didn't feel like he made the like impact he made in game two. I thought he was a little tentative early, and just what Peyton said about the torn meniscus. I don't know if you know this. Me, Andrew Bynum played with it. I know he's a bum, but he played with the torn meniscus in the playoffs, and Tony Allen did for a whole year. So this injury, like we've always said, it, you can play through it. Granted, it's going to hurt. It's a little scary because I think he came up a little limp on one of his um, mm -hmm. jumps in That's game one. And we all like swallow. We're like, oh, God, this is going to be terrible. But he has dominated the Hawks. He's averaging 39 and a half points. The number that sticks out to me is he's gone to the free throw line 31 times, 15 basically in each game. That's a lot of foul shots, man. That just makes it too easy for a guy that good. And. It's kind of like, how do you defend him without fouling? Because Clint Capella can't defend him. He really can't. Like, he's trying his best. I appreciate the effort, Clint Capella, but you're too thin. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know other way to put it. And as we he's have a next, go ahead, Payton. Oh, no, I was just, I was just telling with Max, yeah, he's, he's got to get his weight up. There's no way to, what does he beat about 265, two, maybe no, 270? Two, 285. Well, wait, 285? He's, he's humongous. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. And, I mean, his game is getting to the free throw line. Like, I think he averaged between 11 and 12 free throws a game this year. So he's he's doing the same thing he's he's been doing all year, except now instead of playing the 33, 34 minutes like you do in the regular season, they're bumped up to 38, 39 minutes. So that's, that's where the extra free throws are coming from. But I think he can get even more, honestly, because he does look tentative. I agree with you there. I was going to see what, what Juan thinks about all the free throw attempts he's getting. I mean, like you said, he's been doing it in the regular season. So in the playoffs, it doesn't surprise me one bit. Uh, it, to me, it's a it's a good thing because he's not settling. If he's not shooting the free throws, that means he's settling for jump shots. And he shouldn't be doing that against any team. He should be going in the low post, doing some work. Like, <laughs> go ahead and get some fouls called. But as we have a Knicks fan in here, they hate Trey Young, if you guys didn't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How do you guys feel about Trey Young so far in this series? He had a great game one. Game two kind of fizzled out. They didn't have a bad game, but not the same type of performance. It's funny. In game one, he had a minus 11 plus minus, which I don't understand how that stat came to that. I understand he's bad on defense. I thought he was great in game one. He controlled the pace until the six-minute mark in the fourth quarter where like it went haywire for them. 
he was fabulous. And then this game, he struggled. They made an adjustment. Danny Green guarded him like three times, which was a great move. You got to play Matthias Thibel or Ben Simmons on him at all times. You've got to make it hard for Thank him. You. Thank you. I don't you. understand why they're putting Danny Green. Like Danny Green, good defender, no doubt. But he's six five. He's not really explosive. Or six what? Six four maybe. Six. He's not explosive. Ben Simmons and Thibel are ridiculous. Thibel, I think, blocked two of his floaters, and he got a bullshit foul called on one of them. But that was an amazing adjustment by Doc Rivers. I got to give it up to him. He's going to struggle. I feel like the series just because. It's not necessarily his fault. It's like you have two of the best defenders in the NBA. Like that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Payne, what's your thoughts? No, yeah, I I agree hundred percent. The the switch from Danny Green, I, I couldn't have said it better. The foot speed is not there for Danny Green, whereas Ben Simmons and Thibault are a lot more agile and they can work around those pick and rolls a whole lot better than Danny Green can. And the length of them too, like Ben Simmons six eight super long arms Thibault that's just like he enjoys playing that type of defense that's that's his role on the team and it's it's definitely going to be tough for the Hawks going forward and unless Trey can get those uh get those foul calls up like uh get the veteran <laughs> moves when they run behind him on a screen and he just stops and jumps back into him if he keeps oh. getting those it might be a series but the the NBA has to do something about the offense initiating yeah. contact but they love it they love points I guess but mm-hmm. you know. I don't want to say that it's going to be tough for the Hawks without trying because if Bogdanovich and Herter can play this way, they're both averaging about yes. like plus 15 a game. Herter's been amazing. He's missed four shots and they're all been three pointers. He has not missed a non three point shot in the whole series, wow. which is insane. And Bogdanovich is a killer, man. I really like the addition that, that he brings. He needs to be a little more effective, but like if I'm a Hawks fan and I see bad shooting numbers, it's like kind of, well, this is how it's supposed to be. We're playing the best defensive team in basketball like especially if they score and get set like anytime Thibel and Ben are out there it's like holy shit this is insane because <laughs> Ben Simmons he's probably the most fluid 6'10 guy I've seen in the league especially yeah. on defense he doesn't move he moves like he's 6'4 yeah. but I, I like that the the role players on Philadelphia side as far as Tobias Harris as much as he gets paid <laughs> he's a role player uh, and Seth Curry, that's, man, that's fucked up, man. <laughs> I mean, it's you true, can't though. be no role player and get paid forty million dollars, <laughs> bro. Though. It's true. Come on. And he's been, but he's been playing good. He's the highest tier role player. I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna make it sound nice. He's at on least. the highest tier. But I, he, they've been matching them. Like game one, they started off rough and they made that late push. But game two, like Tobias Harrison, especially Seth Curry. I know you're a big fan of Seth Curry, Max. He's been playing amazing. He's been averaging what, like over 20 points? 20 points a game on 60% shooting and 66% from three. I don't – what else more do you want from – and he tries on defense. He's always going to be a crappy defender, but he puts an effort, which I can live with. And I don't know about you, Peyton. You're in the Dallas area. I know you're not a Dallas Maverick fan. Do you think they won the trade between <laughs> Curry for Richardson? I think they Absolutely might have won. Not. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. This, oh, man. No, I'm saying the Sixers won the trade. Oh, this. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. 100%. 100%. John Richardson getting a DMB. <laughs> no, this, that, dude, that's the Mavericks needed that so much in their series. They needed that knockdown shooter where Luca could kick it out because at the end, they started trapping him off all the pick and rolls. And it was, it was getting ugly out there, especially with the, uh, the new playoff P nickname. The guy oh, yeah. Was, but, uh, yeah. You got to be a bum if you steal that away from Paul George. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, my God. But no. I, I think Curry's been great. Harris has been up and down. Typical Tobias Harris crap. Thibel was really good for them. Shake Milton, he basically killed the Hawks in the third quarter. He get like, what, 14? Yeah. He had a great game. Great game. 
Um, so you guys still rolling with the Sixers? You guys are not worried they're going to win the series. If Embiid stays healthy, he's overwhelming them. Even though we have one more question, I have one more question. But can, let me ask Peyton. What do you think? The, I, Hawks or I'm, Sixers? I'm, with, I'm with you. I, I think the Sixers, as long as Embiid stays healthy, it's pretty cut and dry to me. Unless the Hawks have some phenomenal shooting performances, I just I don't think they get it done. It's just like you said, too much firepower from Philly. Yeah, I got Philly also. I, hopefully they close them out in five games because that was my prediction. But go ahead, Max. What's your question? Well, I just thought of another one, so I'm going to add two. Is that okay? That is fine. Who's the next – like, who's the best available guy to guard Joel Embiid for a series, like, remaining in the NBA? You can go to the West. Because the reason I ask is we have the Suns game on the background. Is it Aiden? I've – and so the player, the pool of players is remaining in the playoffs. Yeah, so it'd be, so I'd say it's Rudy Gobert, Brooke Lopez, DeAndre Ayton. I'm gonna just cross off the Nets as a contender for this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, am I missing anyone? Oh, Zubak. There. Yeah. That's my. No, no, you weren't missing anyone. You had it right the first time. <laughs> so it's between Gobert and Gobert, Ayton, and Lopez. Who's the best guy to defend and beat for a series? Aiden. Go ahead, Juan. It's Aiden. He's the best option, even though Rudy Gobert just won Defensive Player of the Year. Um, it's Aiden. Like, as a low post defender, it's going to be him. Rudy Gobert is more of a guard the basket. Drivers go in. He's going to block the shot. Nowhere near the the amount where, like, Embiid's posting him up. Like, he's going to get torched. Barbecue chicken all day. I'm going to go with Aiden. Like, Aiden's going to have a, a, some sort of confidence if they make it far in the finals. Because by then... He's already going to go against Anthony Davis and Jokic at that point. He's going to be riding off a lot of confidence. No, I, I agree 100%. It's Aiden. If if I could throw a little curveball in there, I think it'd be Ben Simmons would be best equipped to guard him. But he's on his own team, so <laughs> uh, so he can't do that. But I, I'm with Aiden, with the remaining guys. It's Aiden. Yeah. I, I think Ben Simmons could defend him in the post. I, li- I like that Gobert has length, but I think he's just too light. Like, he's just a skinny. I mean, he's not skinny, but he's not like Embiid's like 40 pounds heavier than him. And Aiden's like cut up. You know, he's buff, which is like a good thing. But then my next question is like a fun little game before we move on. Is that all right? Yeah. I know I'm asking permission a lot, but one usually is a mean guy when it comes to like my ideas. <laughs> I want you guys to guess. Ben Simmons shot 10 shots this series. What's the average distance of shot? Like Five. A- Five what feet? Yeah. Okay. Peyton? Proximity to the basket. Um no, I think it's even team. less. I'm gonna go like like three. All I think ducks? it's like strictly layups. One point nine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> feet away. <laughs> I think the longest shot was like three feet when I did this. Oh my goodness. And then I have the same question for Embiid. Don't look. Stop looking. I'm not looking. I'm gonna go ten. Ten feet. Okay. Peyton? And layups and dunks count as, as like one right. foot or zero feet, whatever you want to think. Mm, I have seen him shoot a bunch of mid range jumpers, but he, like you said, he is getting 15 free throws a game, so he's shooting a lot inside. I'm a, I'm gonna say like eight, 12.4 feet. I win. Okay, isn't that <laughs> cra- how is that possible that like your quote unquote point guard is shooting from two feet away and it'll be shooting 12 feet? I, the reason I ask is because whenever you watch Embiid post up, when we were kids, because you're about our age, you were tied. If you're going to post up right at the block, right? Yeah. How often do you guys see Embiid post up at the block? New new game now, man. 
It's, like he, he's, he's, he's always catching the, exactly. He's always catching the ball, and I feel like part of that is because he can't be too close to Ben Simmons, which is a great adjustment. He like catch the ball in like the left, like elbowish area, like a little bit, like in between, like the corner and elbow. Yeah, and he yeah. like ISOs from there. It's like an ISO now from the post. It's not even like a post up. I just think that's interesting. Yeah, I like that little game. What are we gonna call it? Ben Simmons sucks game. Basically, he doesn't suck. He's not. <laughs> is he playing bad? No, he's not playing bad. I mean, I mean he can't score. He's averaging 10 points gonna, a game. That's but what, I'm just telling you, it's going to show up one way or another in one of these series where it comes down to I, he's being I don't think it, on offense. I don't think Atlanta has a defensive guy oh, no, no, to like not, take advantage of yeah, it. Yeah, it's not going to be exposed in this series, but sooner or later it's going to show up. He's also 3 of 12 from the free throw line, 25%. Yeah, that. that might so, be worse. Would you be surprised if Doc Rivers takes him out in the last like two minutes of a game? I wouldn't. No, I would be very surprised just because he's that good on like he's honestly good enough on defense to warrant him being a like zero one offense. It's tough. Though, he's man. better than Tony Allen, and Tony Allen never came out. True. Granted, it was different NBA. Yeah. First team, first team on defense. First team, baby. I would take Tony Allen shooting a three over Ben Simmons. Though. All right. Well, look. Speaking of defense, wow. the claw in the Los Angeles Clippers winded up taking an L last night. To the Jazz, bro. Jazz lead the series 1-0. Spida went off for 40, dog. 45. 45? Right? Yeah. 45. Oh, well, my fucking graphic is wrong. RIPs in my graphic. <laughs> All right. Anyway. This 40 plus. 40 plus. There you go. But what do you guys think? Peyton, you take it. Okay. That was a one-man show that I saw. I mean, he Spida was just... Whatever he wanted. Well, actually, in the first half, he was struggling a little bit. In the second half, he went off. <laughs> they like, had him in the first just, half. I ain't going to lie, yeah, bro. No, I'm not going to lie. But in the second half, I don't know what happened, but uh, he definitely didn't lose confidence in his shooting from the first half because he kept shooting, and they started going in, and they just they had no answer. It was That was wild to watch. I guess supposedly some you know a team that's supposed to have really good wing defenders and <laughs> PG and Kawhi and – he, he fucking tortured Reggie Bobby Schmurder Jackson, bro. <laughs> Reggie Jackson fouled out. He only played 17, 17 minutes. 17 minutes. Yes, bro. That was. We got to see Patrick fair. Beverly play. I mean, let me give Patrick Beverly's stat lines. I, I can't stand this guy. Zero points, zero three, zero for three shooting, one rebound, one assist. Tough look for my guy. He's got the Tony Snell graphic, how people always put up on Twitter. Yeah. 32 minutes, zero board, zero assists, zero points, three times. That man, just, he just running out. He, he got cardio. cardio yeah. <laughs> hey, but look, I, I just want to say this before we get into the actual series. The home crowd for the Utah Jazz last <laughs> night, it was fucking amazing. They gave that team energy. And a big shout out. I mean, they're playing right now for, for Phoenix and, and Denver. Phoenix and Utah, bro, have been great atmosphere so far as as far as like crowd wise it's been great 100 i told this to juan payton lakers staples center is freaking trash as a crowd they are not loud and i understand covid regulations even back then it's like never gets that loud it's ridiculous it's because we're so expensive probably but i'm gonna take us into the series if that's all right with you guys Oh yeah, Can, I got. I have one one Go quick ahead. question about ahead, the, about the. Uh, so I always heard for Lakers games since y'all are LA residents. I'm from Texas. 
I always heard that the Clippers, the lights were really bright. It was more of an upbeat atmosphere. And then when the Lakers played, it was kind of more dim, laid back. Yeah. Like chill. Is it always been like that? Is that true? Always. 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 They That's always weird, try man. to get like a different feel on how the lights are and everything. I mean, the the, the Staple, Staple Center crowd is just so it's it's rich like you I, need to have money to go to a game so like right. that's why Juan's fans. always fucking there bro <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, look I've, I've only been to two laker games in my whole life only paid for one shout out to max he brought me shout out to pat, <laughs> yeah, shout out to pat for bringing us for bringing me to my second game but like it was weak bro like i actually like even when i went with my brother shout out to my brother to to my first laker game i felt me and him felt awkward like cheering and like getting mm-hmm. high because so it was like, place? yeah, if I felt like wow. out of place. I'm a Raider fan, bro. I get fucking hype. All right, <laughs> I go to I go to the Oakland Coliseum. It gets like turned the fuck up in that stadium. And <laughs> going to going to Staples Center, it's like night and day. It's I, not even close. I got told to stop yelling by a Laker fan one time because the ref made a really bad call, and I quote unquote said "fuck you, ref." And the fan told me to watch my language and sit down. I was like. <laughs> I'm 22 years old. Like, you ain't telling me. I'm like, it was a bad call. But, like, okay, I would say Clipper games have gotten like that now because now they're kind of becoming mainstream because they have a superstar in Kawhi. If you go, I went to games, Blake Griffin's rookie year, where or second year of his rookie year, whatever you want to call it. It was so loud and exciting in there because it's the real fans. Because, say, a Laker game, like a ticket in like middle of the arena is like $600. Clippers, it's like 120 Wow. It's like, Okay. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, so they're pricing the the loud and rowdy fans out, and it's more of just a business atmosphere. It's that not sucks. the it's not their fault. It's like it's the Lakers, you know. Like it's kind of like what's happening to the Warriors, going moving to San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Those fans didn't really follow it. They, those fans were Oakland fans, and the the tickets were a lot a lot cheaper in Oakland than they are in San Francisco. And it's just a whole different type of vibe. That's a great parallel. And I'll, I'll say this to wrap this conversation up. When it's like a shirt night, like, you know, when like the Thunder were in the playoffs, Peyton, shout out to the Thunder because that's your favorite team. <laughs> LOL. Have fun in the playoffs in 2025. Uh, so, you know, how they give the T-shirts out, right? And it's like, oh, we're all wearing white T-shirts today, right? Yeah. Laker fans never do that. And if you just go to a random Laker game on a Thursday, it sh- everyone should be wearing yellow, right? Yellow or purple. You got guys in there in suits. You got guys in there just wearing like, like dressed up, looking fly. And it's like not wearing yellow. like. The Lakers have the worst dress fans. Like it's never the team color. <laughs> yeah. Me and my dad show up. We're like wearing all Laker gear, and it's like minority of people. Yeah, I get you. But look, back on the series. I know we got off topic, but uh, this it's gonna be a long series. I wouldn't say like I like what I seen from the Clippers to start out the game, but like you said, it was a one man wrecking crew. Pay and like Spider <laughs> Mitchell came out and he dominated, and. I'm looking like this series so far to me, I think it's going to go seven games. I really do think so. Do you think they're fucking tired of getting destroyed by one person, the Clippers? <laughs> like, I'm serious. Don't you think they're tired of it? Yeah, I would think so. That's I would a, think they learned their lesson. Right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let them get down 0-2 and then he'll start coaching. But look, uh, this series, is like, like, like I said, the series is nowhere near over. I just want to hit this. Uh, quick thoughts on Rudy Gobert. Winning the defensive player of the year, Peyton, go first. I mean, I think it's kind of worn out at this point. Like he's he's still a really good defender, but I think with the modern NBA, you want someone like we we're talking about Ben Simmons, who can defend like four, maybe even five different positions. So 
I mean, I guess you can give it to him, but I don't know. It just feels stale and worn out to me. Like, I think someone else, like, like even a Ben Simmons definitely could have got it for me, but it's all right, I guess. I think Embiid is probably the worst thing that could have happened to his, like, candidacy for yeah. defensive player because Embiid's, when he's on, is another defensive player of the year type guy. I didn't think Giannis should have got it last year, and I don't think Gobert should have got it. I really thought Ben should have. I Ben Rudy Gobert's best rim protector. He's like the ultimate. If you're going to build a defensive system and you need a rim protector, he's the guy. But we've seen him get destroyed by Steph Curry. They switch him out. I thought he did pretty well, all things considered, because they're trying to run him off the court while having a Morris. And that block at the end of the game was great. There's no doubt. But I agree with Peyton. In this modern NBA, I'd rather take Draymond Green in his prime as a defender than Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. And no, yeah. and I love I love Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Come on. So I'm just saying. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, early in the season when we did our midseason awards, I, I had Ben Simmons as my defense player of the year. Um, he's fantastic. It's He's so great to the point where you were mentioning in the last topic, he's so worth it on defense that the liability, liability on offense is just he's worth having out there. That's how good he is. And to me, if you have an impact on a team like that, you should definitely win defensive player of the year. Last year should have been Anthony Davis. I'm just going to say that. But uh, Can we hit one more thing that's yeah. important to me? Go ahead. Because I like to talk about the truth a lot. <laughs> I saw a graphic the other day and it was Paul George and it said 20 points, 20 points, 20 and 10, 20 and 8, 20 and 8. And they're like, pandemic P's really balling this year. <laughs> Peyton, how many of those Mav games did you watch? Uh, all of them. <laughs> Is he fucking balling or like he's not, right? I he, watched him too. I just need to be, con- someone needs to confirm my suspicions. He hasn't played awful, but he's not playing like a superstar should. Right. No, I don't. It was it was a really quiet twenty points if we want to phrase it that way. Like, but he, I mean, he he played well in defense. He didn't shoot well some games. He shot well other games. But I think overall it averaged out. But he's definitely not playing like a superstar or creating. Like when they need offense, it seems like the ball's in, in Reggie's hands now. Like Paul George wasn't the guy creating a lot off the pick and rolls, which is which is kind of crazy to me to see that. But hey, I mean, I guess Reggie's ball, and then keep giving it to him, right? I mean, Reggie's the reason why they won Game Seven. Let's just be straight up. And Game Six, excluding excluding Kawhi Leonard, obviously. Yeah, he's like Luca. He hit more big shots than Paul George the whole series. Reggie Jackson, Mm -hmm. which is a joke. Like to uh, this game, he went four for seventeen for twenty points. He's getting to the line a lot, which I do like. He's attacking, but these shooting numbers have to get better, Paul George. And you have to make big plays. He hasn't made a big play yet. I feel like. Like he's still pandemic P to me. Porzingis is pandemic P Jr. I think P squared. P squared, yeah. <laughs> I think now I hold him to a, a lesser standard because I kind of know like what to expect from him. And to me, like I don't look for him to be that superstar no more because I just know he doesn't really have it in him. Like it's how many years has it been that we've been waiting since we're gonna see that glimpse of what we saw in Indiana in the Eastern Conference Finals. We haven't seen that shit since. And it, I'm everyone's just waiting. I'm tired of waiting. I'm just going to lower his expectations, and whatever I get, I get. And he's going to be an overpaid player regardless. And there's a bunch of those in the NBA. Well said, bro. Really, I'm just tired of the narrative that he's, like, cleaning it up. I'm like, dude, you're supposed to be a superstar, all-star. Like, you talk shit about yourself. I think that's what gets me. It's like he boosts himself up. You know, it's not like Kawhi Leonard who doesn't say anything and then goes out there and balls. Like Kawhi Leonard was bad last year, 
but people made fun of Paul George. Why? Because he's the guy calling himself pan like a playoff piano said pandemic. <laughs> yeah, no, I 100 percent agree. But look, this is one of the main reasons why we got paying on here, bro. So our next topic, if you guys didn't know, Julio Jones, the star Ooh. wide receiver, ended up getting traded to the Tennessee Titans, a.k.a. Peyton's team. Stand yes, up, what? Stand up, Titan Nation? No, fuck no. There's only Tighten one up. nation. Tighten up. There you Tighten go. Up. That's your guys' fucking Are team. you kidding me? <laughs> Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten Look, up. I'm going to tell you the trade. Then, Peyton, you can take this wherever you want to go. The Titans yeah. get Julio Jones in a 2023 six-round pick. The Falcons get. So, basically, the Titans traded to the Falcons a 2022 Second round pick and a 2023 fourth round pick. Peyton, you have the stage, my man. So uh, first thoughts on it, loved it. Loved the compensation, didn't give up a first. Never thought the Falcons would get a first for him because of the age and some of the injury concerns. But, I mean, I, I love the trade. To me, it kind of felt like the uh, the clowny signing last year where John Robinson in the front office, they do nothing to address the position like all off season, don't draft anyone, don't sign anyone to free agency, and then out of nowhere, there. I mean, it just, it just, it just fit too well to me. And I think they had to have that happen based off losing Corey Davis. And I mean, we're just gonna run Josh Reynolds out there, and or what? Adam but, Humphreys. And then, he st- he's gone now. Yeah, he's gone. We're, <laughs> oh I forgot God. where he's at. He's at. I think so. What's the other one? Khalif Raymond. That oh, he's, he's gone too. Yeah, he got to say he can't still be there. <laughs> all the boys are gone, bro. bro Khalif the Raymond was... Batson. That's our. That's our number. That was our number three before the Julio. <laughs> oh no, I, I, I love the trade. I don't want to get too deep into it right now because I'm sure we're gonna take it there. But I mean, it's just first thoughts was amazing. The fit was was just perfect for me. What do y'all think? Yeah, I love it. Um, I love the value. I th- I thought you guys got value. Um, you guys were willing to pay his contract. That's what it came down to. A lot of teams. It wasn't the draft pick that was the concern. It was how much salary teams were going to take on. And that the Atlanta Falcons are already fucked already with dead money. <laughs> like, <laughs> what's a little more dead money? <laughs> yeah, yeah pile it on. I exactly. Mean- they're on the hook for all of his salary, fifteen point three million, and then the remaining two years. And there's talks that he's going to want an extension. I don't know about that, but the Falcons are going to get seven or basically eight million dollars in dead money. But like Juan said, what's eight more million when you have seventy million? Fuck it, just right. do it. And another thing I want to add, just a quick little nugget, if you guys didn't know, uh, Ryan Tannehill actually took a pay cut to help pay for Julio Jones. So that's just some of the things that go inside where a team is going all in for a player, quote unquote, even though this is not really an all in because they didn't really give up anything crazy as far as draft pick wise. So that leads me to my first question, Peyton. Would you feel the same way if you guys gave up a first round pick? No, I definitely wouldn't feel the same way. But I mean, it depends if they were to like give us a third back, maybe. It would have been able to stomach it better, but yeah, I like that. We'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second. What number is uh, he wearing? I'm just curious. Do you know? Yeah. Do we know? He's on the screen, bro, too. Number oh, two. he's wearing two? I didn't know. Like. Why is he wearing two? Not like, do you wear two in Bama? No. He wore eight at Bama. Yeah, why is he wearing two? I got it. One plus one, baby. It no, was 11. It's, it's not because one <laughs> plus one, guys. You guys didn't know. So, Max, what's 17 uh, plus d- 11? 28. Oh, how did I know so fast? Because we've been over. plus two. 30. 30 points is what they're gonna average, bro. That's why he's wearing number two. I just want to tell everybody there's 
three of us in this podcast, so three minus three is zero. Then you Uh-oh. add the three of us back and divide it by three. And there's one, and I'm Max, and I have one vowel in my name. That's what that. That's the stupidest. That's bullshit. There's no way that's true. <laughs> what? There's no way that's true about the number thing. Saying, no. What the, what the like? Because they're stupid numbers. That's no, like what no, they're no, doing. Just, oh, it's thirty. Saying, it's just a fun the narrative. Fuck, what the yeah. fuck did you just say? Right exactly. Now? That's what you. That's what I heard from your mouth about the stupid <laughs> yeah. fucking. I'm wearing number two, because oh, uh, man. oh my god, the Phoenix score is fifty-two to forty-two. That's ten. There's 30 teams in the NBA. Oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Max is back on his numbers. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, Max, what do you think? Um, would you feel the same way if they gave up a first round? Yeah, no problem. It's, the times are going to be good. So unless this all goes very badly, it's worth it. Because you're going to pick 30. What's the big deal? You can't, you're not going to pick Isaiah Wilson again. It's a 30, so that's a win. Oh, come on. Don't. Oh, so, what did I say? Oh, what did I say? Jesus. What did I say? Come on. No, I'm seriously. Like, a rapper or something. No, I don't know. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. It's like you're trading a late first round pick. So it's not going to be that big a deal. Like you're basically gave up a third round pick because it's going to be a what? The 61st pick, 60th pick in the draft. Okay. I just want to say this because I know Max is going to give me some shit. I went on the record saying that I would not give up a first rounder. Yeah. If I'm the Raiders. Yeah. Shut yeah. up. If yeah. I'm the Raiders. Why would you want fucking talent? Like I said, no, like I said, like I said, the Titans were a good fit. That's a team that's willing to give up a first rounder and it's not going to hurt them. Like they're probably in Julio Jones away from winning the Super Bowl. Potentially you're Julio Jones away from going to the playoffs. I, I disagree with that. I think you're a little bit too high on the Raiders. You're giving the Raiders a little bit too much credit. Julio Jones is not going to change shit for the Raiders. I'm just going to tell you right now. And giving up a first-round pick, we're not in a position to do that. Yeah, because you're hitting your first-round pick so fucking oh. much it matters. <laughs> I knew that was going to come up. It, it's like it's like the Seahawks. Well, it's smart they trade it. They're not going to get it right anyway. That gets, you might as well get rid of it for gets, someone good. Look, it's like what Joe Morley say. Julio Jones don't play no defense. He played safety. He got a few picks. <laughs> you can put him out This guy puts on. Yeah, on, I know. Fuck. Dude, I'm telling you, if Julio Jones played safety, he'd be your best safety. Right? I can now be converted. So I'm saying I kind of already gave him my answer because I said that I think you guys are Super Bowl potential. What does this elevate for you? Because I, I know the defense is still a problem. Like you yeah. guys don't have no pass rushers. Uh, all right. So I think our pass rush. So the main thing for me last year, just looking at the snap counts, like Harold Landry, a good player, right? He's, I mean, he's, he's a good player. He's not anything crazy. But this man played like 90 to 95% of the snaps every single week. You can't ask someone to play that much and still be productive late in the game. And on third and third and five and third and six and third and seven, like the Titans had the worst third down defense. And it was because Jeff Simmons and Landry played the whole game, man, like, you have to have a rotation of guys like like Max's team, the Eagles, when they oh, were so dominant on the example. defensive line, yeah. five, six, maybe even seven pass rushers. Like you have to have a rotation. And I liked the Bud Dupree signing. I didn't like the contract, but that was that seemed a little bit crazy to me. But I think their defensive line will be better because they'll have more rotation. Guys will be fresher. To me, the worry is the secondary now. Releasing Malcolm Butler, releasing Adoree Jackson, like drafting really an unknown rely. rookie, that's right. injury concerns. That's, I I, th- I think Farley would be really good. To me, it's Christian Fulton, and they cut Kenny Vaccaro too. 
Wow. I think that was okay though because I forgot James you guys Finch, got Christian Fulton. That's a, yeah, I like Christian Fulton. He he was he was okay last year. He's a Wasn't he hurt? Lost. Yeah, he he was hurt a little bit, and then he seemed a little lost in zone sometimes. But it seemed like when he was in man coverage, like you know, see ball, get ball, just guard this guy right here. Yeah. But I think the secondary is going to be the the crucial point for us on defense. But I don't know. I guess it's kind of a wait and see. I'm I'm still still undecided about that, but I do think the pass rush will be a lot better. I'll go on record saying that. Well, maybe with this with this pick, like it kind of just covers it, covers it up right. with uh, with Julio Jones. What were you gonna say, Max? I was just gonna build off what Peyton said about the snap count. Aaron Donald, the best defensive player in football for the last five years, he only played eighty four percent of the snaps, which I mean is very high. Right. But you can't ask a two hundred ninety pound guy. To play the whole game, he's gonna wear it down. That's just the that's just the uh, the nature of the beast. It's like if you're gonna wear it down. Fletcher Cox in the fourth quarter, where he plays 100 percent of snaps, he's not as explosive. It's no shame in that you have to rotate these guys. Like Peyton said, Bud Dupree, good signing, overpaid probably, but that's what you have to do. I love the linebackers. I love Javon Brown. I love Rashawn Evans when he doesn't get ejected for doing stupid <laughs> shit. Uh, I like Vrabel. Yeah, Vrabel's a good coach. You still have Smoke Henry. I feel like you guys are going to put the Titans in a better, I mean, your defense, excuse me, in a better situation. You're not going to ask, you're not going to be like this quick hit offense. I feel like you guys are going to kind of play a little bit more to the run game. That's I don't. That's just how I feel because that's Vrabel. He wants to control the game. Like you don't want to put your defense in bad situations. Quick uh, question, Peyton. Mm-hmm. Who, um, who's your guys' offensive coordinator now that, uh, what's his name is gone? Arthur Brown. Arthur Smith, yeah. Arthur, Arthur Smith, Smith, sorry. Okay. Arthur Juan Brown might as well be the offensive coordinator. <laughs> but Juan, uh, it's, it's someone that you should be fairly familiar with. He was with the Raiders for two, three years as the Ken OC. Ken Norton. No, I'm just kidding. No. Todd Downing? Yeah, Todd Remember Downing. From the Raiders? Uh, yeah, we have Todd Downing now. You know what's crazy about him? Is when he was going through that whole process with uh, – Jack Jack Del Rio, and we winded up the the year before that. We had, uh, oh my goodness, I'm drawing a blank. The he was an offensive coordinator for the Vikings when Carr had that MVP year. Anyway, when that, oh yeah, when Shermer was it? No, 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 no. Oh my god, I'll look please, it up. Yeah, I'll look, look it that up. up while I'm talking, Max. So Todd Downing, the next year when when he winded up leaving, everyone thought like he was the mastermind, like. He was the guy, and I just think he got his opportunity way too quick. Like he was just not ready yet. He he kind of like called plays way too early. Like kind of hit the bomb too way too early into games. Like he just really didn't have a good game plan going forward. Bill but Bill Musgrave. Bill Musgrave. That's oh, who. Okay. Yes, Bill Musgrave was our offensive coordinator, and then the next year we wind up firing him. Jack Del Rio, as always, firing assistant coaches. What else is new? Uh, Todd Downing winded up taking over for him. Uh, so he's your quarterback coach, you said? No, he, he's the OC. Oh, he's the OC. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't seen Todd Downing offense in a while. It was not good the year that we had him, but I think he there, got his, his shot a little bit early. There's a lot of talent on this offense. I mean, if you get Luan healthy, yes. that's a big plus. Big. Big, big. Ben Jones is still your center. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's still, solid. Saffold's still, yeah, still, still solid. solid. 
South oh Dakota. my god, who's your right guard? I like a lot. Um, Underrated, Nate Davis. Nate Davis he's, is he's very good. good. Yes. Man, your right good. tackle's a little scary to me. You've ever since Conklin left, and you, he who shall not be named went, was there. <laughs> you guys have been wrong about it. It's just been a problem, in my opinion. Yeah. But this receiving core, AJ Brown. This is my question: Is he the best receiver Julio Jones has ever played with? I have some names. His first two years in the league, Roddy White went for 1,300 and 1,300. Then Harry Douglas was the leading receiver, 1,000. Roddy White, Jacob Tammy was the second re- leading receiver with 650 yards. Oh Three God. straight years of Muhammad Sanu getting like 600 and 700. And then last year, Calvin Ridley. Well, so he had two years of Calvin Ridley. He was a rookie, 860 yards. And then last year was 1,375. Uh, I just want to say something about that Harry Douglas. We're laughing, but he actually had more yards than Julio that year. Yeah, Julio was banged up. <laughs> yeah, he was the leading receiver. Shout out to Harry Douglas. He got a K that year, bro. No, but, uh, I remember it. I remember when Harry Douglas was on the Titans, and they, they swore up and down he was going to be this amazing slot threat. And I <laughs> had to pull my hair out watching him drop slant after slant after slant. It was crazy. <laughs> but uh, I to answer Max's question, most talented, probably. I would say AJ is the most talented guy he's got to play with. But as far as best, like when Julio was young, Roddy White was balling with the Falcons. Like he was really, really good. Oh, yeah. So I don't know about best, but definitely the most talented and can draw defenders and safeties away. Like AJ Brown, I don't think corners can tackle him one on one, man. We we just got a bunch of grown ass guys back there. We're about to break some tackles. Well, you know what? That that leads me to another question. Do they kind of coincide with each other, guys? Like, A.J. Brown, he can kind of do everything, and kind of Julio Jones can do everything. They're not really limited of what they can run. Like, it's not like A.J. Brown can't work the middle of the field. Like, he's basically a running back when he gets the ball. Mm-hmm. And he can go deep. Like, he's he's an actual deep threat. I'll let Peyton go first. Yeah, this is – I think they can coincide. You can – you can put them on the same side of the field, like whoever's in the slot, maybe run a corner, the other one run a deep end. And that's where we got all of our big chunk plays last year. It wasn't on bombs. It was on deep end routes and A.J. Brown would be running across the field and, you know, break break one safety's ankles or run through an arm tackle. And he was off to the races like that's they came off of 15 to 20 yard passes where you just got the ball in his hands and let him make a play. And that's what I think they're going to do with Julio also is. Just same thing, just 10, 15 yard, get him the ball in space. It's it's so easy, but teams try to overcomplicate it too much. Just get him the ball in space, and I think they will be tough to stop together on the same field. I think right now Julio Jones is the number two receiver for this team. I'm not trying to say anything a hot take. I'm just saying people uh Julio Jones is what, 30, 32, 33 years old. A lot yeah. of a lot of mileage. And you know, if you look at his games played. It's really good. It's like 16, 15, 16, 50. But that doesn't really tell the whole story because he's been banged up for basically every freaking game of the last like four years. It's a knee. It's his hamstring. It's his lower body. It's his quad. I don't think Julio Jones should be asked to do as much. AJ Brown needs to do more than Julio Jones for this trade to really reach its maximum. If you have Julio Jones as your second receiver, that's like, oh my gosh. You know, the days of Julio Jones being a top five receiver may be done. But can he be a top 10, top 15? Hell yeah. Yeah. And that's why I really like this trade. It's because when you take a guy who's been forced to do everything, right, 
and you're like, you know what? We don't really need you to do everything. Just like we need you to make like 10 plays a game. Can you do that? It's like, wow, holy shit. Like this is what it's like for everybody else. That's what I like about it. It's like, imagine if Calvin Johnson got to not be the most feared person for like a game or two. What would he right, do then? Yeah. If he's if he's seeing the number two corner, what's that, that look like? That would be fair. Like, so, so I'm serious. Like, if you were like, let's just say, who's a good secondary? If you were the Bucks secondary, would you focus on Julio Moore or A.J. Brown at this point? Ooh. It's kind of like. And see, I think. Yeah, man. It's, go, go ahead, Juan. No, I was just going to say, like, basically, you got to pick your poison. It's kind of like. You got to take your chances. Like you can't really focus on one because one is going to kill you regardless. You know what I mean? I I think yeah. you just play straight up coverage on them. You know, bump and run, whatever the case is, whatever your your scheme is. You stick to your scheme, and you basically you got to pick your points, man. Like there's nothing really you can do. It's just it's a dangerous duo, bro. Also, you have the best running back in football. Not, so it's yeah. like, oh, we, oh, fuck, we can't load the box anymore. Because yeah. you can kind of load the box when see. there's one good receiver, right? And you have a really good corner. You're like, all right, Jalen Ramsey can wipe out A.J. Brown. So you play the Rams, for instance, one of the best defenses last year. It's like, oh, A.J. Brown, we'll put, we'll put Jalen wipe out. Okay, now what? You're going to just you know, load the box and leave Julio one-on-one all game? No. That's going to scare teams. And that's what, like, again, I'm beating a dead horse right now. Where are the where is the safety gonna play the strong safety? Like where where's he gonna be? Is he gonna be in the box? You're gonna leave. gonna have some he has to have some I mean, great recovery speed. I, <laughs> there's you know, no way oh go ahead, Peyton. Sorry. Yeah, what are these these linebackers? They're gonna be telling the coaches on Wednesday and Thursday and game plan. Hey man, we gotta have him in the box with us to help with Henry. We gotta have him up there. They've got two tight ends and the secondary coach is gonna be in there. No, nah, man, we need him in the backfield. You don't see Julio and AJ back there making plays? Like it's it's gonna put defenses in a big dilemma for sure. Do you think like Derrick Henry's gonna have a quote unquote down year? <laughs> not no, not because numbers? of anything with him, just because the passing numbers are gonna be up probably. Yeah. Most definitely. As far as raw numbers are concerned, yeah, like, like just he's probably not rushing for two K. If he doesn't, oh, no. like Jesus Christ. And I, I I don't want him to, honestly, as a Titans fan, like because he, I mean, he is so efficient, even with all the carries. If you lessen his load and freshen him up a little bit more late in the season, and I mean, I want them to throw the ball more. I thought Derrick Henry ran way too many times last year. Like, don't get me wrong, it's fun to see him run, he's really good at it, but I want to see him get if I would put a number of yards like 12 to 1300, we'll say 1300 yards. That's what That's I want to see from him. Not bad at all. And look, we're talking about Derrick Henry. We we went over the defense as far as like Julio and AJ Brown. There's one guy that we haven't talked about, and that's Ryan Tannehill. And he's arguably the most important person this whole thing is depending on. But he's not good. Miami let him go. He's not good. <laughs> he's a receiver. People say that because they're fucking stupid. It's like, <laughs> oh, receiver. he didn't because he doesn't really put up flashy numbers. Like last year, what did he put up? Like 30 touchdowns? But he's really freaking good. It doesn't matter. Like, there's a reason the Titans made the playoffs because he's a good quarterback. It wasn't their defense. It wasn't like the offense had all the pressure on it. And yeah, he has a good running back. But Ryan DeHandle is a top ten quarterback in football. I don't think there's a question. Well, we're gonna get a year where 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 it clarifies it, Max, because they fucking clear. Last year didn't clarify it. Not to you. I'm just saying, like in general, did last year not clarify it? I mean, he's a top 10. I wouldn't say he's an elite quarterback, though. He's not a guy that can 
carry the offense, which is perfect for the Titans because he doesn't have to do that. He's not going to have to ball, throw the ball 50 times. That's why you got Derrick Henry. He, I agree with you. He's not like a Patrick Mahomes where he's going to make a good offense out of crap. But if right. he's in a good offense, he makes that good offense great. I would say he's kind of like Derek Carr in a sense. Like you, put, no, he's better than Derek Carr. Stop it! Oh, right now. man, come on. He, he's not, not as good as Carson Wentz was, but uh, no, I, I don't. <laughs> Shout out. He's no Jimmy Garoppolo. Shout out to Joey. I mean, when has Derek Carr ever had something close? Mari Cooper, what, Michael Crabtree. I'm not talking about receivers, Max. I'm talking about a team in general. When the fuck has Carr ever had any stability? Anywhere close to Ryan Tannehill. I think his senior year and his senior year in Fresno State, they were pretty good. Yeah, and he um, put up five thousand yards. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. He has not had a good team because you guys don't know how to hit on picks. Well, that's not his fault. <laughs> Again, and, and right now we're just putting it in Ryan Tannehill versus Derek Carr. I think it's close. I think they're kind of like almost the same. It can go hand in hand. It's just right now Ryan Tannehill gets more due because the winning. Derek Carr needs to win. Raiders need to build a better team. But if you replace Derek Carr with the, uh, on the Titans, I don't think they'll miss a beat. I think it'll be, Ooh. if not the mm. same, if not the same, better. Yeah. Except that like one game Derek Carr like, breaks his back, and then he's back the next week. Um, you act like Ryan Tannehill doesn't get hurt. He hasn't, getting hot. He hasn't been hurt since he's on the Titans. Tannehill hasn't been hurt with us. Yeah. With you guys, but he's known for injuries. That's why he got released. Well, he got released because he was with Adam Gase, and Adam Gase was yeah, the worst head coach. And, and because of injuries, though. Yeah, yeah. but more Gase. But, I mean, look what right, I like, so Go ahead. In Kate. the last 26 games, I got a nice little tidbit here. Uh, that the uh, Titans and Chiefs have played. Tannehill has higher QB rating, more total touchdowns, one more interception, higher completion percentage. The yards, he has about 1,000 less, but this isn't yards per attempt. Obviously, Mahomes throws like eight, nine more times a game than Tannehill yeah. does, but, like, he's so efficient at quarterback. Like, it, he's he's not – it's not even arguable. He's a top 10 QB. Like, it's – I'm not saying he's amazing, but he's definitely top 10. Like, he is a really good QB. It's – I don't think there's I, – I think he's head and shoulders above Derek Carr. Like, it's – I don't think that's even a comparison at this point in their careers. Mm, I disagree. One sticking up for a Raider. I, I am, How though. do you always bring it I back? Am, I don't be like you know Jalen Hurts and Ryan Tannehill. Because real fucking, fucking Jamie Newman. <laughs> Jamie Newman. Your really? quarterbacks fell off the freaking face of the planet with Carson wins. That's why. Even though Carson was might have a good year, he might bring. He gonna back. have a great. He might bring him back. Hey, did you hear Payton? Max might become a a Colts fan, man. I already got my Colts. Oh, I already bought a horse. <laughs> I'm a horse. <laughs> oh man! So did we hit everything with, with the Titans? Uh, I, I think we did. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, I was gonna. Good. Yeah, we're good. All right, so let's move on to this next segment, and I'm gonna pass the mic to Max. He's more of a baseball guy to me. Um, even Peyton, they're both more baseball guys than me. Uh, I know the bare minimum, so excuse me if I don't know. Tell me names. what the bare minimum means. Uh, Do you understand how baseball oh, yeah, is played? Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not that bare. Yeah, okay. I know how it works. One, what's the six, four, three? Oh know. my god, it's a double. It's like a, it's like the positions out there, like shortstop, yeah, second I, baseman, I first know. base. And I suck at baseball. If, if you hit terrible. a home, if you hit a home run and you don't touch the first base, does it? If you don't touch a base, does Bro. it count? Bro, I don't know. 
You serious? I didn't even hear what you said. What'd you say? So if you hit a home run and say you're running around the bases yeah. and you don't step on a base, does it still count? Yeah. No, you have to step on the bases. There you go. Come on. That happened that today, actually. Yesterday. Yeah, I, I did. Or yesterday. That. Yeah. On, on, yeah. That was well, look, okay. Let's I'm going to I'm going to start it off. So I'm going to call it a scandal because it's definitely a scandal because Major League Baseball. I think they're the probably the worst sport at dealing with like scandals. Like they're worse than the NFL, in my opinion. Like they're just they don't do shit well. But basically, what came out is there was a very popular YouTuber named John Boy. Big fan of him. He makes a lot of funny videos, but this and he makes serious videos. And this is where I first heard about this, and then I went and did my research, and it was about pitching. Pitchers are literally cheating. Basically, they're finding a way with like sunscreen in the rising bag or whatever they can find. Explain to, the rising bag. It's like the is. bag basically gives you grip on the ball, right, Peyton? It's like behind the pitching mound. Yeah, like, the rising but, bag. Uh, so usually you're supposed to grab mound. it, right? Like say this is the bag and I grab it. No, let's use this as an example. Like this is a bag. You know, I grab it with my hands. And then you got pitchers doing this, like dapping up their forearms, like touching their hats and shit. Sorry. Uh, it's like It's like, why are they doing that? Because they find out this like illegal formula that like makes it so they can super glue their hands to the ball. And Juan, why do you think that's important? What do you think that aids in? Well, at first I thought it was the velocity of the ball, but you told me it's even deeper than that. It's the fact that they can grip it so great and have it to their fingers to the last possible second so they can throw a better curveball or whatever. They can spin it. And that's all the baseball they figured out is the spin rate of the ball. Yes, correct. And I would, and this is what one of the um, guys on the video said. He's like, imagine you trade for a guy, like say you trade for Derek Carr and he's a pitcher, right? And you're like, well, we can trade for him and we know he spins the ball at a thousand rates per minute or a second, whatever. Well, we can give him this new substance and it's like 1600. So you just made an amazing trade for him. So basically, it's basically say, imagine every like quarterback throw 50 yards, but we figure out, oh, if we put like a little uh, stick them on their hands, they can throw it 60 yards. So that's like the level. Of, it's, it's a huge boost. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like low key pitchers, like two of the best pitchers in baseball over the last two years have been doing this. One's Trevor Bauer and one's Garrett Cole. Now, one, do you know what team Garrett Cole play for? No. Trevor Bauer? Bauer, the Reds? Dodgers. That's good. That was oh, last year. Yeah. They both want Cy Young's in their contract year. Cy Young is MVP for pitcher, basically. Like the best pitcher gets it every year. Bauer turned that into three years, $102 million contract with the Dodgers. And Cole got nine years, $324 million from the Yankees. Fully guaranteed. Yeah. So this is yeah. this is affecting contracts. It's affecting wins all around the board. This shit is fucked up. Correct. <laughs> and and, and basically. In the record and book, record exactly. Because wow. that year Cole won it, he was having an historic year. What was it, Peyton? He won like twenty-two decisions in a it row. Was, it was it was ridiculous, and his spin rate went up like it was like three or four hundred in one offseason. Like, oh my god, was Garrett Cole just a, like a physical freak? And I was like, no, he just uses pine tar. That's the only difference. Yeah, and it's, so it's crazy. I was reading his Wikipedia today, Peyton, and it said the reason his fo- his spin rates increased is he ch- he tweaked his throwing mechanic a little bit. <laughs> he and the Astro said we told him to throw harder. Like, oh, okay, yeah, that's it. That's yeah, that's that, simple, huh? that makes sense. So basically, what's happening to batters is this year, especially one batting is down across well, the board. The, the oh yeah, well, to everyone who doesn't yeah. know baseball, because I don't, I doubt many baseball people are listening. Yeah. 
but basically batting is at an all-time low. It's There's more Ks. They're throwing no-hitters like popcorn. And MLB teams told the pitchers this year before the start of the season, we're going to collect baseballs. And there's pictures. And like it's kind of like the graphic. There's just fucking glue on the ball. Fucking <laughs> looking like Lester Hayes and shit. Yeah, it's no, it's ridiculous. Rebel in the cough, fucking all stick them. I, I don't understand how Major League Baseball can't address this and like come out with some concrete shit. It's just like the Astros when they cheated. They're like, oh, they cheated, but we're not going to do anything. We're just going to punish the manager. And then Let me they like. Trash can real quick. Yeah, go get a trash can to Change, bang. No, <laughs> yeah. You know about that one, right, Juan? No. That, no, but you don't know about the Astros? Thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They cheated and shit, yeah. Yeah, and this is like a huge competitive advantage. And there's been like Trevor Bauer. He's really outspoken, right? He's kind of like, who's now spoken in NFL? He's like LeBron. Like anything he says, people are listening to the baseball world. He like went on. He was going on Twitter like two years ago talking about doing this because everyone does it. And I just don't understand how this controversy can happen. And they like, it's a rule. It's against the rules to put foreign substance on the ball, but people have been doing it. So I want to know what you think, Juan, because you're like a blank slate when baseball, you have no biases. You don't care about any of the players. Yeah. What hearing something like this, that's affecting the product that's resulting in batters who are in also in contract years, not getting paid. What does this mean to you? And then I want to hear what Peyton has to say. I mean, I think it's bullshit. It's bullshit because it's affecting everything. Like I said, it, it's affecting contracts. It's affecting wins and losses um, down to how you scout players. Like it, it's everything. And it's a it, it's obviously a great advantage. It's something not little to the point where like uh, it's something little like it's all right. This shit is fucking big, bro. Like batters are having fucking career lows. Like what the fuck? Like at this point, if you're going to let this shit be, um, be cool, like. Bring back fucking steroids. Like at and this point. Bats. Yeah, you Let's know what go. I mean? Like, what the fuck is the point if you're not gonna get mad over over this and you're gonna get mad over that? I'll simplify it one more time for anyone who wasn't paying attention. Imagine you could trade for Draymond Green knowing you could get his three point percentage up to forty. That's yeah, what it's like. It's fucking insane. Yeah. Like how it's ridiculous. And Peyton, go ahead and give me your thoughts. Yeah. So one about yeah, it affects everyone. And I've seen different articles where they estimate, uh, even Sports Illustrated has the biggest one that you sent me. That I mean, it's they think it's eighty to ninety percent of pitchers in the MLB. So it's not just like it's just an Astros <laughs> problem anymore, or it's, yeah, oh, it's just a few guys. Like it's rampant. Like this shit has spread like wildfire. Everyone's doing it. It's, it's the fucking steroids of like, yes. the 20, uh, 2020s. And the, and and Max is correct. The MLB batting average this year. I don't know if it's at its all-time low, but it's very close, and it's 237 <laughs> is, is the average around the MLB for everyone right now. Just for reference, Juan, like 300 is really good. 280 is pretty good. 260 is like – I would say 260 is like a decent hitter, right, decent. Peyton? Right, yeah. yeah. 230 is like you're fucking trash, bro. Wow. And 230 is like if you're going to hit 230, you better hit 45 home runs with it. That's kind of what it is. Like, and I mean, this is not doing you, you would kind of argue, too, that the MLB would want more home runs, would want more hitters. <laughs> you know, it's funny. And this is degrading it. Like it's making the game worse to watch. Like I doubt anyone like it's probably cool to the purest baseball fan to watch a no hitter. But to the average consumer, they want to see scores and they want to see hits. And it's not doing the MLB any good. You know, it's funny that you say you think they want more home runs about like what, two years ago, Peyton? The MLB has been accused. MLB basically owns the way baseballs are made. You don't people don't know how they're made. 
And what I mean by that it's is proprietary. It's proprietary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can't pronounce that. I'm not going to try. But basically, one, the way they they can wind up the baseball tighter. So when batters hit it, it'll go further. So like the last three years, there's been like, maybe not last year, but like there's been years where it's like, why are there so many home runs? Like guys who can't hit for shit are hitting 40 home runs. And there was this big thing. I think I think when Bauer won the Cy Young, Peyton, where he was talking about there's been so many batters that hit the ball shitty and it flies off the bat. Mm-hmm. Like it's insane. Like I remember I saw a guy take the slowest freaking swing. The ball's going out of the park. Like it's insane. So I don't understand how baseball can't fucking figure out. Do we want home runs? Do we want like pitchers to cheat? Like they're winding up the baseball. Imagine they change the basketball where it'll go in more often. Imagine they could lower the they air the in it. And it's, yeah, they made the hoop, but they yeah. didn't tell anybody. It's like, is the hoop bigger? It's like, oh, it's one millimeter bigger, but that makes all the difference. And it's just ridiculous. I don't understand how Major League Baseball, like, that's why I said I think they're the fucking worst. Like, yeah, that's why they are the worst. NHL is fucking better than that. It's not, I'm just talking about the way they interact with problems. Like the NFL, it's not perfect, right? But like when Ray Rice like hit, hit his wife, they made oh, an man. example out of him. They were like, you know what? We're not going to stand for this. Baseball is like, oh, yeah, we're cheating. We're going to allow it. It's like, come on, dude. Draw a line in the sand or make it legal. Do something. Stop just treading water and saying, oh, we're going to do something. But you don't do anything. Like, they make no one happy. And when you were saying the thing about home runs, I was reading an article, too, and it's like people don't even want to see home runs anymore. The most exciting plays in baseball, according to people, are triples and doubles. Like, I don't understand, like, what baseball is fucking doing. Like, this is why no one's watching you. This is why attendance is always down. I love baseball. I don't follow it as much as I used to because I just don't have the time anymore. But how can you let these guys cheat? I don't understand. Like, either allow it, allow steroids, allow all this shit. Because steroids used to be legal in the 80s. No one knew what the fuck they were. They're like, all right, taking steroids, no problem. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, fucking even out the playing field. And I I just want to say this. Uh, I think you're the one that told me. I forgot where I heard this. But the the contract for the MLB with the players is coming up, right, next year? Mm -hmm. Is that a reason why they're prolonging it? They're just waiting for the the negotiation Like as a tool? I have no idea, dude. I... They were supposed to be doing the survey, right? Like, we're going to take a bunch of baseballs this year. No one's in trouble. Keep doing it. It's like, oh, we know you're doing it. We're just going to see what this actually does. But then they added the minor. They they banned four minor leaguers 10 games. And then the next start for these following pitchers, Garrett Cole, Trevor Bauer, Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, Julio Urias, uh, Jin Yun-Ryu. You don't know any of those pitchers, right? No, I do. You named a couple of doctors. Well, you don't know most of those pitchers. Yeah. Those are all like pristine pitchers in baseball. All yeah, their all their all fucking yeah, great pitchers. All those spin rates dropped drastically in this next start since they banned the guys. So if you have the cream of the crop pitchers doing it, why wouldn't every pitcher do it? Like to me, Peyton, when you said it's 80 or 90, it's gotta be fucking a hundred. If the oh, top yeah. guys are doing it on each team, you don't think the other guys are doing it? It's just no, ridiculous, it's, bro. It's bad man. Broad Manfred and and with the uh like comparing it to the steroid era, like the steroids, if you got caught doing them at first, everyone kind of knew they were doing it, but then they did come down hard. Baseball came down, and I think it was a, a half a year suspension for the first time. And if you got caught again, it was a full year, correct? I th- Robinson I Cano's right. banned a whole yeah, one. Yeah. The punishment if you get caught twice, you're out a whole year. Third time, you're done forever. Sticky stuff? Yeah. No, no, no. For steroids. Oh, for steroids. For steroids. Yeah. 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 And so this is just it's it's ten games, like fuck who cares it's just 10 games that's like, two you missed two starts exactly you can still play yeah. 30 games 
it's yeah, that's, the, that's the punishments crazy. are not the same. I don't know if they're trying to use it as a bargaining tool with the new CBA or, or, or what, what the whole deal is behind the scenes, but it's, it's bad, man. Like, and I, like you said, they want to market themselves to the younger kids and everyone wants to see home runs and everything, but like this, it's just cheating in general is just bad. No matter if it's steroids or the, the juiced balls we were kind of talking about just a second ago, like winding them up tighter where you can hit a pop up to the shortstop and it goes 350. Like, like it's just, it's been pretty bad run for baseball over the last five to 10 years with the, the cheating aspects. And it's, I don't know. Like I'm with you. They got to do something to get it under control. And the only way to do that is to just hit them hard, like make an example out of someone that they they have to do it. Well, I'll wrap it up with a couple of questions for you guys. Is there ever been another sport like football and basketball? Just focus on those two because that's primarily what all three of us know. Where cheating is so rampant, like you don't really hear NFL guys getting suspended that frequently for steroids or. Like, yeah, they do bad shit off the field. But I'm saying in the sport itself, is there cheating in the NFL as bad as baseball or basketball? Not really. Nothing to this point where it's affecting like to a big like impact because football, the closest thing that I can think of is stick them, which they banned. That was big in the 80s and 70s. And then. But it wasn't a football thing with Tom Brady, the flake gate. Yeah. And maybe spy gate. We'll throw the spy gate too. But, but that again, was that was just one instance of it. That wasn't like eighty percent of football players doing no. it. No, oh no, 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 no. You know what? I no, thought of one. I, I, I thought of one. Spy gate. Everyone was doing it. Patriots just got caught. Oh no! I thought you meant the the deflating the footballs. Like every quarterback the, likes them a certain way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. I, I was going to say. I think the worst one by far, I and mean, we probably is bounty gate. That was the worst one for football. Yeah. Even though every everyone fucking team it. did it. But again, I, it still wasn't affecting outcomes of games as much as this. This yeah, is ridiculous. This is a bigger impact. It's all about the. And impact. I mean, let's 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 back forward. Let's go back forward. Let's rewind three years. Astros are cheating in the World Series, like literally getting a competitive advantage where they're hitting like twice as good at home. So it's like, what sport does this? And is baseball probably the most art? Is baseball the most archaic sport when it comes to dealing with problems? I would say the NBA is the most progressive. Like if. Like, like whenever like there's a tragedy, like the whole NBA family, like the whole NBA is like, oh yeah, we're with them. They're the most flexible. Like, and then I'd say it. football. It's still a little archaic. It's a little more progressive in the last few years. Like the jersey numbers are one example. Like they've lessened up on some policies. They let them smoke weed. Baseball's fucking archaic. They don't want to change. They like if a pitcher like remember when Fernando Tatis Payton hit a uh grand slam up three. Oh, let me explain this to you, on you'll get a kick out of this. <laughs> you, so there's four balls and you walk you know that right yeah if you're up by five runs or more than five runs and it's 3-0 you're not supposed to swing you're not supposed to swing this guy hit a grand slam and he had that count it was three to zero right he had a grand slam for his team they go up by like 10 right his own manager condemned him <laughs> yeah because it's like america's past time. and it's like, and he and then you get hit by the pitcher and then you're like supposed to be is that the biggest bullshit? Imagine you're like, Julio Jones caught an 80-yard touchdown. You're up by 18. And the coach is like, what are you doing, dude? Why'd you catch that? This is why baseball's losing fans. This shit's archaic. I love tradition. I love it. Like, I am I was kind of on the fence about the jersey shit in the NFL. But, like, baseball, you got to get progressive. You got to get with the fucking times, dude. Clean your sport up. Stop having people cheat. It's ridiculous. No, no other sport cheat. Yeah, exactly. And this is why baseball's dying. 
There's only two ways you can go. Exactly. And that's why, I mean, the NBA does a great job as far as, like, young fans. Football, I would say they're just the perfect, like, match made in heaven. Sundays, like, it's a week. It's every week. Uh, A casual fan in football knows a lot more than a casual basketball fan. Because you can watch. 10 games of your team and you watch what like what is that like uh like 40 percent of the season yeah but basketball you watch 10 games you miss like 70 games yeah. just for instance and it's ridiculous and with baseball like first of all baseball has way too many games <laughs> i think they have way too many uh second of all there's really there's a lot of just downtime in it like i feel like they need to speed up the pace like even with the with the booth review it's like that even slowed down the game even more. And it's like, why wouldn't you want to speed up the game? Like, well, I was going to say, just to build off what you're saying, like baseball is the least exciting sport, right? Like it's, it has those exciting moments. And like, there is nothing like October baseball game yeah. seven, like every pitch is high tension. Right. Mm-hmm. But when in the regular season, it's boring. I, I love baseball. I can watch baseball game, but there's times like you can be on your phone between a pitch, right? You can't take your eye off a basketball game or a football game. You'll miss something. You have to be a purist. You have to really love, the and sport and that's what I'm. It. That's what I was getting to. If you're a purist and you fucking keep having all these cheating scandals, what's your sport? Yeah. What is it? If you're the most pure sport, what's left when you got a team cheating on offense and now you got a, all the pitchers cheating? <laughs> it's like a joke, man. Yeah, it really is. They need to do something about it, bro, because that is fucking crazy. And we and got- I'm surprised it's not even being talked about the way it should be. And that just goes to show you that no one gives a fuck about baseball. Like, I, think it's, I think it's starting to catch catch ground now. Like people are starting to roll with it and talk about it more. Like just uh, just earlier today, I was watching the uh, Rangers play here in Texas, and uh, our our home announcer was talking about it. So and and if he got the okay to talk about it from the from the sports network that he works for, it's it's about to be pretty big. I'd give it another three or four weeks, maybe, and it'll it'll be headline news, but. I think just think someone needs to be caught, Peyton. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Not yet. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm just saying someone big needs to be caught for it to be a story. Like if they caught Bauer doing it, it'll be a story. Or Walker Bueller. Or Garrett Cole. He basically admitted to it in that little candid interview we did. Like it's it's Bauer admitted to it too. Yeah, yeah. He's dude on 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 Twitter. He's like this. I think this uh, formula makes a good stickum. I don't know. And it's like you're just being sarcastic. But it's like everyone's doing it. I don't blame it. I don't blame any of these pitchers. Whoever it's like everyone's doing it. Major League Baseball. I blame for not enforcing the fucking rules. And I'm sorry, audience. Right. We're going a long time this one. <laughs> We're having right, fun. Man. Yeah, no, we're having a lot of fun, man. Uh, anything else you want to touch on, Matt? Baseball, clean up your damn sport, man. Like if you're if the pure sport needs to be pure. That's the best way. You can't have a pure sport and it cheating is <laughs> cheating's bigger than the purity. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Well, we're gonna wrap it up, guys. Probably gonna watch the rest of this uh Nuggets and Suns game. That's no, probably, that's, don't worry, it's over. So we're not watching <laughs> it. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's probably that's probably why um we didn't really talk about it. So who won? It's over? Yeah, the Suns are blowing them, bro. Oh, okay. it's, it's pretty much done, yeah. Okay. Blowing them out. Excuse me. Well, uh, let's hit on that. Fuck it. We already been going long. We might as well go to 130. Uh, 10 more minutes. Shout out to everybody in the stream, bro. Shout out to my brother. Shout out to Fantasy Shot hey, Callers. We had a real special shout out one about the Sean Gurley. And- oh, yeah. Most definitely, bro. He was he was saying earlier that top 10. What? He was talking about Ryan Tannehill when we were talking about Ryan Tannehill. He's tripping. Hey, He's good. Yeah. Big, Don't tripping. Big shout out to their podcast, bro. 
Um, know it all's podcast. It's very good. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but when I do, ours. no, he does, he Peyton, like want a surprise. I don't listen to our, why the fuck I, I'm here. I doing it. <laughs> I know what I said. Yeah. Unless uh, it's for production purposes. Then no, yeah, I, I don't, I don't do any of that. That's one. That's all okay. me, one. You got to watch it. Max. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Nah, but, um, shout out to Sean Gurley, bro. And, um, Mr. Mr. Bell. Mr. Bell, man. Mr. Bell. I don't want to get it wrong. I don't want to call him a mod. But, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Way to go, Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but, uh, shout out to them, bro. Um, one more topic. Just, just a little quick one. Spend a little bit of time on this. Uh, Jokic, MVP. What's your guys' thoughts? Go ahead, Payne. Shoot on it first. Love it. Deserve. I mean, that's what deserve. That's what should have happened. I didn't think it was any question, to be honest with you. I remember debating with someone. A little bit ago about oh, Dame versus Jokic, and I was—I was, was like, going to make a joke about that. Yeah, like, man, it's not—it's not even close. Like, get out! Like, I—I I like Dame, but no, I, I don't think you could have given it to anyone else, and there, there would—I mean, there would have been an uproar. It's just, yeah. I mean, I can't say too much about it. Just deserve. What do y'all think? I was looking at Max like that because he freaking cracking his knuckles geez, <laughs> as the audience hears that i'm sorry um no i love it i mean it, it's great it's a great story too man like first uh our lowest lowest drafted player to win mvp he's great bro he's so crafty he's he's so unique as a player he's a one of a kind he's a dying breed on what he does he's he's basically to me he reminds me of a a more athletic and like a newer age of uh, Sabonis of of him like he but he's just a newer era of him like he can shoot the three ball fantastic he can do the low posting he can pass the ball he rebounds great um, the one thing about him is his defense but you know what he's gotten in shape that ever since the bubble and his defense has you know surprisingly improved he's not going to be a, a first team all defensive guy or any he, team yeah, def- or of any team I'm not saying that but He's decent enough that he can he can get through. You know what I mean? He's not yeah. going to get torched like he was back in the day when he was fat boy Jokic. Like, boy's in shape now. Skinny Jokic, low key. Big honey. No, <laughs> Peyton, you're 100% right. He is the MVP. And people got to pretend. Like, people act like like Embiid was probably better than him. But Embiid didn't play for a, lot, a long stretch. Playing counts when you talk about this award. He didn't miss a game. And that's very important. Like, if, if if they put up the same numbers as someone else and they didn't play 20 games, I'll give it to the guy who played the games. That's important, being out there for your team. He's so unselfish. Like, this guy is probably going to get 30 a game, but he's unselfish. I feel like he doesn't want to shoot the ball, and that's very rare, especially with a big. I just want to say this. Uh, so who who was your, your runner-up, Peyton, in your opinion? Embiid? It, yeah. Dame? I mean, no. Not <laughs> who was yours? About Embiid? But yeah, Embiid for me. I go Embiid then LeBron. But LeBron. Just because, I mean, we just fucking. Ugh. Okay, I'm going to hey, go. We're just throwing any names and I'm going to put uh, Westbrook in the conversation. Oh, triple man. double, bro. You got to respect the guy who can get a triple double. Oh, yeah. He's still averaging one, bro. Why didn't he get it this year? He did get it this year, didn't he? MVP. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, MVP. Oh, no, no. Oh, that's what I'm saying. He averaged you a triple double this year. You, Why didn't we give it to him? It was a big deal a couple years back. Why did we give it to him? Well, I mean, Answer that. It's probably more about the narrative, like KD leaving. People were hurt. <laughs> he was really good that. No, no, he was good that he was year. Good that year. Yeah. It, 
even if he averaged 10, 9, and 9, or 39 and 9, he was really good. He but deserved that. Is, the thing is that people were giving it to him because of the triple double. Yeah, I know. It was more than that. Yeah, exactly. That's how it always should be. Like, yeah. Jokic, if Jokic averaged a triple double, I wouldn't vote for him because he averaged a triple double. I'd vote for him because he's the best player. Exactly. Who deserves it? No, um, my, my runner up, it's not Joel Embiid. Oh, it's Chris Paul. It's Chris Paul. Okay. Um, look, the NBA, we're, we're talking about the MLB not being progressive. I think this is the one area that the NBA is not progressive in a way with their awards. Like they, No, they're just too progressive. That's the problem. No, they no, just no, straight, no, 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 no. They've it's strayed always, too far away from what it means. I disagree. Well, it's, but it's always been like that, though. Like they haven't. No, I, I think there was a shift. I think there was a shift at some point. There was a shift. Well, whether 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 there was a shift or not, it's been a while since they've been doing this. I mean, it's been over 10 years that they've been oh, voting yeah. the MVP like this on how it goes to the majority of the guy with the best numbers and best overall record to us to a certain extent. It, I feel like LeBron partly changed it because every year LeBron won it. He deserved it. He was the best player. Best team. Great. That year, Russell, uh, excuse me, Russell Westbrook, Derrick Rose won it. I was like, eh, do you re- are you really it was the MVP? It was voters fatigue. Like he had a case, but it's like, well. But the reason why I bring that up is because, like, I I agree. Like Jokic, Jokic deserves to win it. He's a great player. He meets the valuable. Like he has the numbers. He has the record. Everything fits. But a guy like Chris Paul, the only reason why you're not gonna give it to him is because of his numbers. But it's like. What's the award definition of it? MVP, most valuable player. And he fits that to a T with the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, is he is he the, the best player on the Suns? No, I think that's Devin Booker. But is he the most valuable on the team? 100%. And I think between him, LeBron, and a couple of other guys in the league that I can't name on the top of my head, those guys fit fit the definition of that award and that definition to me as far as most valuable player, not the best player with the best record and best overall stats. But that's just me. There were years Walt Chamberlain was first team center and did not win MVP. Bill Russell did because he meant more to the team. And I wish the NBA would actually be like, well, who's important to their team? Because as good as Donovan Mitchell is, Rudy Gobert's the most important player on the Jazz, just the way they're set up. Same thing with um, Steph Curry. He's the most important player. LeBron, he's is Anthony Davis better than LeBron? That's kind of debatable, but who's more important to their team? And Chris Paul is the most important player on the Suns. It's a culture thing. What were they last year? They weren't shit without him because they don't know how to win. They need that veteran leadership. Like No one really factors in leadership to how important it is. And he's the greatest leader in sports in the last like 20 years. Like we could If we oh, swapped... Wow. Harden for, I mean, excuse me, Westbrook for Paul. Like, look how the Rockets did without Paul compared to how they did with Westbrook. It went downhill when Westbrook got there, in my opinion. Like, you lost that leadership because Harden is no leader. And that's what they needed. That team needed that. I mean, the Suns are thrashing the Denver Nuggets, like you guys said, and it looks like they're going to go up 2-0. But uh, Chris Paul, this year with the Suns, when he was with the Hornets, Rockets, Clippers, like, besides the Rockets, all those teams weren't shit before he got there. The Rockets weren't shit when before he got. They were, they were sputtering. Like they were first round and out, second round and out. Chris Paul made them a title contender. They should have went to the finals. And us, and us last year with the Thunder, like went. From oh my like, god! Yeah. Thunder too. I forgot about to, the Thunder. 
yeah. somehow making the playoffs. Like we, that team was not near enough talented to make it to the playoffs in the West. And they, I mean, he did it. Like they squeaked in and shout out to him for his time here. Cause now we got some more picks, baby <laughs> dynasty 2024. OKC. We're going to give you one minute just to rant about OKC's future. You can start. Uh, first round draft pick, first round draft pick, first round draft pick, first round draft pick, and that's just this year and the next year. How uh, many first, of you guys have? First, they have like 17, first, 10, 13, first, right? Set 17 picks over uh, the next four years, five Jeez. years. Five How about years. this? What's the worst move you guys have made in this rebuild, in your opinion? Al Horford? No, you got picks for that. What's wrong with that? No. Man, I hate Al Horford. Me and oh. thirty million. Let me rephrase. What's the worst move in the last five years for the Thunder, in your opinion? I know we didn't talk about it. I have one in mind. In the last five years, so not. Uh, Whenever you guys got Paul George, that, that, that's far too. That far was up. no, yeah, it's too far back. Yeah. Uh, I think holding on to guys a little bit too long, like Paul George was great. His value was still pretty high. Shipped him out. Chris Paul, his value was at his highest. Shipped him out. I think maybe holding on to Westbrook a little bit too long. Yeah, I, I was gonna go with whenever you guys traded Jeremy Grant. I was so mad because I was like he's such a good player for you guys. And if you're competing, like, I thought the Mellow was probably Mellow or getting Mellow or getting rid of Jeremy Grant was the worst one. One of those two because Mellow was a bomb for you guys. Yeah, he didn't fit. I'm just gonna say this. I know it's not within the last five years, but in a hole with that KD era. And then up to now, uh, I think you guys sticked with Scotty Brooks way too long. Or that could be one too. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Scotty Brooks needed to Man, But, like, they should have beat the Golden State Warriors. They should have won. won. Three yeah. Won. Yeah, that's tough. Shout out to the that snake. Happens. But uh, Who's the snake? Oh, Durant? Durant. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I think we're going to call it. <laughs> I think we're going to call it there, though. Successful podcast, fellas? Uh, successful live stream, for sure. Peyton was wonderful. He was the second best guy on this pod. I won't say <laughs> who. Oh, man. I just need more. I just need more, like, hatred from Peyton. Like, he's really calm, he cool, collected. talking about Derek Carr. Yeah, that was the only time you riled him up. We need to rile up Peyton next <laughs> nah, time more. I can't, I can't stand for that. We're going to bring up Isaiah Wilson more frequently on the next one. <laughs> Nah, but um, I wash my hands of Isaiah Wilson. <laughs> the no Titans, so, the Titans, no more. So the, so NFL, the Dolphins. <laughs> Yo, you're a bum when you were first round pick, and a team don't even take a chance on you in your second year. <laughs> Lazy, that's, that's his IG name for a reason. Oh my goodness, boy, Lazy mixtape. Anyway, <laughs> uh, shout out to our podcast, bro. Because if the three people that are in the stream right now, we had a good little showing out tonight. I think paying, we gotta have uh, um, paying on more, bro. Bringing us some fans, all right. But if you guys are still watching, you guys are not subscribed to the Max and Juancast. Go ahead and go down below and click that subscribe button. And if you guys are watching on Twitter slash Periscope, go ahead and follow us on Twitter. Matter of fact, go ahead and follow us on Instagram because it's the same name and it's at Max underscore Juancast. And for the audio listeners, go ahead and click that follow button, that subscribe button. I know it was a long one. We appreciate you guys if you guys have been rocking with us this long. But any last words, Peyton, before we let you go? Uh, just to uh, tighten up. That's it. That's all I got for you. <laughs> tighten up. Get a new slogan. All righty. Uh, any last words, Max? Help us get to 1,000 followers on Instagram. That'd be big for yes. us. We're really excited. We're almost there. And subscribe on YouTube. 
subscribe on YouTube. Got a couple of videos coming soon. Anyway, uh, peace out.